Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Again, let's take a moment and relax, and just remind ourselves that Not only is God right there, right next to you, right within earshot, within eye, within sight, but he's in your past, your present, your future. He is for you. He's not waiting for you to mess up. He's working on your behalf. And who you truly are as a spirit is fully fully cooperating and agreeing with everything God is doing in your life. We've been talking about the difference between the spirit realm and the solical realm and the supernatural realm and even a little bit about the natural realm. But we've kind of, we're familiar enough with the natural realm where we are trying to transfer some understanding of the elements that we're familiar with in the natural realm into the supernatural, the solical, and a little bit into the spiritual. Even though I don't think that we're going to be able to be ready to receive what the spiritual is like until we get our solical senses Maybe, you know, certainly not perfected, but a little bit closer, a little bit more open to receive about what the spiritual realm truly is. So we're in the process. We're, we're on a path where we've, we could say we've been assigned to this earth zone to, for training, for to learn what it is to live and move and have our being as a spirit being here on this earth. We don't know what came before for each one of us, and we don't know what comes after. We don't know if it's the same for everybody, every being. And in the, in, it, those are interesting questions, and they're, they're fun to contemplate, and I think we're fine to do that. But don't, we don't want to get distracted by what we don't know. There's so much that we do know that we have neglected. It's not even that we've ignored it, but we've just not put forth the effort and what it takes. And sometimes what it takes is very simple. It's just a matter of doing it. And then we remind ourselves that our soul doesn't want to change. Your soul, your mind, will, and emotions have bad habits. And we will continue a bad habit as long as it works. So God will very often let our bad habits fail. And then, of course, we blame God. And in a sense, that's right, because he's the one who let it fail. But he let it fail because it's not part of who we truly are, our true nature. And by extension, it's not part of our training to learn to live and move and have our being here on this earth. 
we we don't like discomfort most of us at least we like things that to do we we like to do things that we understand that we think are worth it worth something to us that we get something out of it we all have a certain level of selfishness of you know wanting to have control and again our our soul that your soul's basic nature is to control and god made it that way so it's not in and of itself a bad thing your soul wants to control wants to understand wants to be able to be involved and plan and you know ha- Your soul is made to overcome time, for instance. So how many people do you know, maybe you yourself, struggle with procrastination or forgetfulness? Or, you know, we can take so many of our different things that we all struggle with and put them in a category of our souls struggling with overcoming something that is preventing it from being joined to our spirit. In other words, a bad habit, a crutch, if you will, something that, and yet it is, our soul is tempted by the very things it's meant to overcome. Your, your soul is, has power and authority over time. Your soul has power and authority over the temptations of this world. And yet, we, we struggle with that. Why do we struggle? Because our soul is separate from the life of God in our spirit. So your soul is trying to struggle, is struggling because it's trying to overcome the temptations of this world out of its own strength and your soul is limited it's limited because it's not fully yet joined to spirit now we all start at a different place as far as you know your soulical experiences are different than mine and your understanding is different than mine and we're all we all start someplace different we all think someplace think different things and believe different things and we have different habits and yet we all are part of the same god the same spirit being that which is born of spirit is spirit we are all one already in spirit you and i are one spiritually so that's our commonality but God is leading each one of us different experientially in dealing with our soul and through our soul with the soulical realm and the supernatural realm. Just as our bodies, your body is different than mine. My body relates to the natural realm differently than yours, even though there's tons in common. Like we all have a temperature range that we find comfortable. If it gets too cold, if it gets too hot, our 
physical body reacts a certain way. And there are things about our soul that are the same thing. For most people, if it's something important and we don't understand it, we try we work harder to try to understand it. Or if we're, we miss somebody, we try to get together with them. We, we, there's an emotional attachment that we respond to. Well, just having emotions, things, you know, there's a, a lot of commonalities across different cultures about things that make us sad and happy. And we often have the same struggles with the decisions we make, like regret and satisfaction. Satisfaction when we make the right decisions and things turn out right, and sadness and disappointment when they don't. So there's a lot of commonalities, even though it's expressed differently from one person to the next. Now, this is all true whether you're born again or not. These are all characteristics and traits and behaviors of the soul. And when you become born again, the soul isn't born again. You have the same soul before you become born again as the day after. Now, God may do intervene and change some things, bring healing, truth. He's going to reveal himself. So there's going to be things about your soul that are changed. But it's the same soul. You've only been born again in your spirit. You got the same body, right? Now again, there could be changes. He could bring physical healing to your body. He could lift that weight of depression off of you. So there could be changes to your body and to your soul between, you know, through being um, through salvation, and that's that's great. But that's still the same body, still the same soul. What's really changed is spirit. You're born again as a new spirit. Again, there's things we don't understand about that. You were dead in your spirit. You're alive in your spirit. Was it the same spirit? Was there? Was it like an, a deflated balloon, and all of a sudden it's inflated again? Why? You know. Anyway, we won't get into the whole aspect of things we don't know about the spirit. We'll be here forever. The point being that as we relate. To we learn about the natural realm by relating to it. We learn about gravity by jumping off or falling off our bikes, you know, or jumping and learning. You know, we learn about throwing a you know a baseball just by life is how we learn about our relationship with the natural realm about our body getting tired or hungry or thirsty, you know, being hurt, What what is pain? Those are things we learn through life by experience. And that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. We, we're here on this earth to experience life. Our, one of our problems, though, is, is we have a tendency to ignore our soul. And... Part of our challenge has been to start not ignoring your soul and start paying more attention 
to what is going on in your soul. Now, one of the things that's going to start happening is you're also going to start paying more attention to what's going on in the natural realm that's going on in the circumstances, the environment around you. And that's going to happen is because your soul, even without your spirit, your soul, everyone's soul, has power and authority over the natural realm. So as you start letting your soul act like who and what it is, it starts exercising power and authority over the natural realm, over your body, and over the, uh, everything else in the natural realm. That's one of the things that Jesus did such a great job of exhibiting. You know, people say, oh, you know, the, the significance of his turning the water into wine. For me, the significance is that it was a natural transformation. It was, it was he turned natural water into natural wine. He expressed and showed and revealed his power over the natural world. did that on multiple occasions. Then he also showed, you know, quite, and you can go through it for yourself. And, and if you can't figure it out, ask the Lord. Or if you feel like dropping me a line, feel free to do that too at dianatherainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio about what is really going on here, What what is the transformation what is the exercise of power and authority that's being expressed here that's one of the things we want to look at and one of the reasons we want to look at it and observe is because we want to become more and more objective about what we're doing here on this earth we want to become objective about our emotions our thoughts and uh, our actions we don't we get caught up in our day-to-day especially mistakes especially the negative we are we are bent negatively we give the negative so much power in our lives versus the positive now neither one of them may be based in truth the positive or the negative you know We don't want to be, you know, wishful thinking, everything is fine, you know, when the sky is falling. We want to be realistic. But the best way to do that is to be objective. That doesn't mean we don't enjoy our emotions, our imagination, our thoughts, our decisions, you know, our victories. Or even our mistakes, we we want to enjoy and participate. We definitely want to do that. That's part of our 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 job here is to be immersed in the soulical realm, the supernatural realm, and the natural realm. To participate, to live the life that God has given us. But we start that by being objective. And as we're objective, we start seeing ourselves more and more as a spirit that has a soul. And that our soul has certain attributes and characteristics and abilities. That as time goes by, we learn more and more how they work. And we don't take it personal. Like when you were in school, in grade school, and you were learning math, you were memorizing math, hopefully, And you learned that 2 plus 2 equals 4. 
And maybe you learn that by counting on your fingers. Maybe you learn that by, you know, um, counting, you know, pictures or, stone, you know, something, uh, counting stones or whatever it was, Count, counting you know, on your fingers and toes. You you learn that, and then you learned it. You had that ability to count two plus two equals four, and that was something that became part of who you were. And you could say, "Okay, now I know that." It's objective. It's not okay. Something personal that okay for two plus two equals four for me, but if you want two plus two to equals equal 500, that's okay for you. It's not. There's an objectivity about the reality of the life we're living. And so we are going to look at how our emotions, for instance, it's okay to be aware of our failures and successes, our strengths and weaknesses in our emotions, our tendencies, not so that we can fix them, but so that we can be aware of God healing those areas. So say we, we believe that 2 plus 2 equals, what, I think it was 500, was it? We start using that in our regular life when we find out no, nobody else thinks that 2 plus 2 equals 500. It doesn't work. I'm not able to, to live my life with that belief system that 2 plus 2 equals 500. Nobody, you know, gives the right change and, you know, they they look at me funny and my paycheck doesn't work and the checking account's all messed up because in reality 2 plus 2 equals 4 and even it doesn't matter how much I believe, how hard I believe that 2 plus 2 equals 500, it doesn't reflect a reality. So something is going to have to change. And we're, over time, going to be given options about how to change, what to change. Now, in, in, solo, in the solical practical realm, in that particular instance, there's nothing personal about it. Okay, I, you know, they're just numbers. Two plus two equals 500. No, somebody comes up and says, no, two plus two equals 350. I'll go, okay, I'll try that. Well, if that fails, you know, we continue a bad habit as, and as long as it works. Well, what, maybe somebody else comes along and says, two plus two equals a bazillion, and you try using that. That doesn't work. Till finally... Someone comes along and explains, no, 2 plus 2 equals 4, and this is how you know. And reminds you, this is how we count. This is 2, this is 4, this is 6. These are your fingers, these are your toes. This is how we count. And this is all under God's control, but we can be objective about it. And we don't then go, okay, oh, you know, we don't get down on ourselves for believing that 2 plus 2 equals 300 or 500 or a bazillion. We, we don't get angry at ourselves for believing a lie. We're just willing to 
change our belief when faced with the truth. And we find the truth by experience. By testing, counting, by testing it in the real world. Likewise, we're being objective about how we feel. You know, so many are are so depressed inside the churches. You know, certainly this church is certainly not exempt from depressed people. And yet it's supposed to be the presence of God. When we talk about our emotions, we, we, we are so often at their mercy. So stepping back and being objective and reminding ourselves that I'm not my soul. I have a soul. It's not who I am. And as we step back and look objectively at how we're feeling, is what we're feeling a reflection of our reality? Most of the time it's not. It's just based on the most recent circumstance we found ourselves in. It's, you know, so many things we lose sleep over, get upset about, get angry about, lose friends over, means nothing in the big scheme of things. And yet, because we are at the mercy of our emotions, because we're at the mercy of our actions, we're at the mercy of our soul, because our soul is still in process. And part of our biggest challenge is that because we're still living in the soulful realm, we don't have power and authority over our soul. Only God does. Now we're in God and we've agreed with him and we're working with him, but he's the one who's selecting what part of our soul to be working on at any given time. We may be really frustrated that we can't overcome a particular, you know, stressful type of reaction we have to certain people, let's say. We get around certain people and they just drive us nuts. And and it bothers us and we make fools of ourselves, etc. And we, we go, you know, I just have to try harder to not be that way. And God says, no, there's things there that you don't know what's going on, and I will change your soul. I will free your soul. I will restore your soul. I will quicken your mind. I will draw you. And yet because we get caught up in it, it's very, we don't recognize his moving. And, you know, so often, a lot of times just what we're lacking is encouragement. You know, how many times do we wish we could just hear from God, you know, you're on the right track. You're doing good. Keep up the good work. If we would just know that, okay, we haven't missed him. That's part of this whole thing being in in the center of his will. Did I miss God somewhere? You know, I'm not feeling that, that, um, that he's blessing me or giving me favor or anything he's he feels like he's a million miles away and objectively we go no he's he hasn't gone anywhere i haven't gone anywhere just my perception may not be the same and that's fine doesn't matter 
Because one of the things we want to objectively do is quicken those solical abilities. And we want to do it simply. And we want to do it simply to, to develop habits. Part of the process we've talked about so often in be, you know, learning to be quiet, learning to, to hear his voice, is the whole thing about you know, just a certain kind of meditation that is, you know, you hear your heart, you hear something else, you're breathing, you pay attention to, to small noises that just let your whole being settle. And you let God reveal himself to you just by relaxing and being quiet. Cultivating quietness. And yet we're to do that in the soul as well. You want to learn about your soul. You want to learn about your your body. Learn to be quiet. And part of that is going to be objective. To not bring your own preconceptions to any circumstance, any situation, but to let God reveal himself. And I think this is part of our, our task as we learn about these abilities that are already in our soul. And that it's, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And it's not easy because our soul wants to maintain control. And when we opt for this simple approach... And God comes through, and God, and it works. We find we don't need those bad habits, and we don't need our soul to be fully controlling every little aspect of our existence. But say, you know, we've talked before, if there's not something God has already given you a desire for, ask for the word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a word of prophecy. Those are sometimes the easiest things because it's an internal drawing. Hopefully by now you've already, you have a level of confidence that you're hearing from God clearly or that you at least know how to hear from him clearly. Well, if there's something, it can be a a simple something missing, Um, somebody's cat got loose and you you're driving through your neighborhood and you see a sign you know looking for a cat or a dog and you simply ask the lord where is it or has it been found anything like that that's how that's being objective it's not your cat might not be even be your neighborhood you're stopped at a stop sign you see somebody's put up a lost cat phone. It doesn't mean you call the number. It doesn't mean you offer your help, anything like that. This is simply increasing an awareness of your uh, your abilities, your God-given abilities that are already functioning in your life. Now you may get an answer, and then you go, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with this information? That's the word of wisdom. What do we do with information God gives us? And this can pertain to anything. Very often we want to jump to life-altering abilities. We want to go right for the being able to raise the dead or, or you know, help people determine where to move to or how much to buy for a house, how much to spend on a house. 
or, you know, things that um, make an impact. We want to impress people. We want to impress ourselves. We want to be at a, you know, shall, shall we say, a high level when it is far more important that we learn how ability, our abilities work. How do we do that? We practice them. And it's not about practicing the whole, all the abilities at once. Pick one and practice it. However you want to think about it. Ask the Lord. If, let's, say, let's say it's miracles. Lord, are there books out there I should be reading? Is there a conference I should attend? Lord, how do I learn how miracles work? How, how I can be involved in making miracles happen? Teach me, Lord. He is a really good teacher, and he loves to, that we ask him, teach me. How do I do this? And be open. Remember, your spirit already knows. But your ability to perform miracles, you already have that. It's in your soul right now. The ability to raise the dead, it's in you right now. Paying paying attention all the time to what is going on around you, what is going on inside you, your breathing, your heart, what you are smelling, hearing, thinking, what you're feeling. You know, you could be in, the, in you know, uh, a wonderful situation with friends, and yet all of a sudden you feel depressed. You go, what's going on? Is there something going on? And we are being, we're learning to be objective about our existence, about our life here. So that goes along with being objective about what God is doing in our lives, that he has a purpose, he has a plan. We don't have to use our soul to satisfy that plan. God is restoring our soul to its rightful relationship with our spirit. We don't, he doesn't need our help. He sees what it's going to look like. He does all things well. He does all things perfectly. And if we just let him have his way, we're going to be a lot, we're going to enjoy the ride a lot more. And he wants us to. He wants us to enjoy our time here on the earth. Again, we talked about last time about what are the fruit of the Spirit. They're all good things, and we are the first partakers of them. So if, there's, if you're living your life without enjoying it, that's, you want to start, stop and think about that. Are you letting your soul dictate how you live your life? So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at dianetherainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.